Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Goodbye, University. Thanks, everyone, for joining this conversation today. This is our March Year of the Mass. Year of the Manifestor series call, where I really wanted to talk about dropping resistance to whatever we might be pushing against, like where we get really good at, um, at allowing, at saying yes to whatever is in front of us so that we've, we're replacing anything that's contrary energy, anything with resistance in it. Instead, we become a cooperative component to our best life. And I think that's important because we know this as conscious creators, that allowing is the name of the game. That, right, the desire side of it, that's really easy. Desires happen. The delivery of those desires isn't even our job. That's universe. So all we have to do is learn how to let it in. That's the allowing piece, the step three. And, and Abraham tells us that all we really have to do is get out of our own way because the only reason we aren't already experiencing all of our dreams come true is because we're beating a different drum of some sort. And when we stop beating that drum, when we let go of whatever's got us caught up in the stream or whenever we, <laughs> whatever's holding our cork down, when, once we release that, good news unfolds for us very swiftly. So when I think about um, what, what do we resist and how do we recognize that, I, I get this visual of like a leaf floating downstream. And somewhere along the journey, it gets hung up on a stick or pinned next to a rock or something. It's stuck somehow. And if it would just let go and continue downstream, it would find all its dreams coming true on that journey. And that's what I aspire to be. I aspire to be the person who's not getting hung up on the stuff that keeps them from what they want. And we know what resistance feels like, right, in real life. It feels like we're pushing against something, like we got out of the flow somehow and we're doing the nails on the chalkboard routine. I mean, it's off in some way. It's some sort of kinky energy. And that is not how we align to what we want. So if we could learn to spot and release that routine wherever it might be happening in our lives, if we could learn to say yes to whatever was up for us, that, I think, would, would help us be much more powerful cooperative components to dreams coming true. When I was thinking of examples for this, I thought of someone I know who wants to manifest professional success, but he's been beating a drum for several years about the person who did him wrong. I mean, that's something you learn in talking with this person very quickly. It comes up in conversation way more often than you'd think, considering it was something that happened years ago. But there he still is, stuck on that stick. And I know someone else who wants to create a loving relationship in her life, and she doesn't beat this drum or publicly, the one that I think is keeping her out of alignment, but once you get to know her, you can see how it drives a lot of what she does every day, and that's that she hates her job. She's looking for an exit from that thing like, like a trapped feral cat and trying to claw their way out of the cardboard box that she got stuck in somehow. And that may be a little exaggeration, but I actually know that routine because I have a very similar thing going on. And I use have, present tense. I think I'm still doing this when it comes to my income. If anyone's got background noise, you can star six yourself. Oh, that's me. Sorry. Oh, no worries. Star six when you want to chime in on the conversation to unmute yourself. So, um, yeah, when it comes to making money, like – Okay, I didn't love making the same amount of money every year, 
I mean, it was easy for me to see that it was good money. It was easy for me to, when I tried, I could feel good about it. But what I really didn't like was it wasn't going up. It was the same amount every year. And I started to resent that, that it wasn't increasing. And I started doing the things, hello, taking the action. I started doing the things that would allow it to grow, and yet it still didn't. And I did one thing after another, and still that income stayed put no matter what I did. I tried ignoring it. I tried paying attention to it. I changed some things in my business. I changed (laughs) expenses. I got more support. I tried less support. I tried a bunch of things, but that number was staying put. So I concluded I just have a set point in place, and I need to consciously move it. And that's when I started dialing into the seven-figure business owner routine to purposely, consciously move that set point. But you could probably feel the energy behind that desire, right? It wasn't so much a love of seven figures as it was a frustration with a stagnant income. And that's like that was me doing my version of a leaf stuck in the sticks in the stream. But what's really inspired me on this topic is a blog post from Seth Godin recently. Some of you might have seen this in the forum thread that I started for this call. It's called Kicking and Screaming versus Singing and Dancing. I'm going to – it's a, three or four paragraphs. I'm going to read it fast, but it really – I find myself coming back to this again and again and again as I'm trying to become more of a cooperative component, to embrace allowing more than I am. He writes, unfair things happen. You might be diagnosed with a disease, demoted for a mistake you didn't make, convicted of a crime you didn't commit, The ref might make a bad call. An agreement might be abrogated. A partner might let you down. Our instinct is to fight these unfairnesses, to succumb if there's no choice, but to go down kicking and screaming. We want to make it clear that we won't accept injustice easily. We want to teach the system a lesson. We want them to know that we're not a pushover. But will it change the situation? Will a diagnosis be changed? The outcome of the call be any different? What if, instead, we went at it singing and dancing? What if we walked into our I'm getting choked up. What if we walked into our four year prison sentence determined to learn more, do more, and contribute more than anyone had ever dreamed? What if we saw the derailment of one path as the opportunity to grow or to invent or to find another path? He concludes with this is incredibly difficult work, but it seems far better than the alternative. <laughs> I cannot tell you how much that idea of going singing and dancing into a four-year prison sentence that you didn't even deserve, that kind of, that feels like the epitome of saying yes to life. And I, I gave this quote on another call. Was it our Friday call? I don't know if it was recorded. But Carrie said something about it on that call that I want to get to. Is Carrie on our call today? Probably not. Okay. I want to come back around to um, share something she said about how that feels not very conscious creation-y. Um, but let me ask first, if you, can you guys feel what a vibrational difference it is to go in singing and dancing versus kicking and screaming? Right, this huge vibrational difference. What I want is for us to learn to see really clearly where and when, how, maybe we're kicking and screaming and to consider letting that routine go. Because we as conscious creators know that resistance isn't helpful it's not allowing us to manifest what we want and we know this as well it doesn't matter what we do it only matters how we feel so even if that person didn't go to their prison sentence (laughs) even if they fled the country because i was like surely there's another option (laughs) even if they fled the country and they and they didn't they somehow managed to stay out of prison but if they their whole lives, they told the story about that whole unfair thing. I almost got convicted. I almost got sentenced, da-da-da-da, or whatever they might tell. 
if they spent their whole life or even one year in bitter energy, hello, they're not a winner. If that person instead went to prison with a light heart, it, focused on what's to appreciate, what's going right, like focused on freedom, a person could do that in, in prison. And I agree with Seth when he said this is incredibly difficult work. But he's right, it is better than the alternative. I want to be able to do that because it doesn't matter what we do. It only matters how we feel. Vibration is everything, and our circumstances do not dictate how we feel. Bashar says that. Circumstances don't matter. Only state of being matters. I want to be able to be in charge of that no matter what my circumstances are. And I think that a person who is good at that would be very skilled at being in the flow. And Abraham tells us, everything you want is downstream. So in whatever ways you are efforting or struggling, trying to paddle your way upstream, you're holding yourself away from what you want. And Okay, so as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about when I start working with someone new, even if it's just a reader with an email question, if I can see what they got stuck on, if I can help them get free of that, that's all we have to do to get back in the manifesting game because universe can't deliver us the goods when we're in a state of resistance. So that's the premise for this month's work. But I I have a lot of questions around it myself. Um, so I'd love to discuss this with you guys. But before I start posing some questions to you, can can we hear some thoughts from those of you who are dialed in? Like, does this make sense or do you see it differently? It totally makes sense, Jeanette. Totally makes sense. Uh, and from a brain science perspective, and I'm going to email you because I think I really want to talk about this. Yay! I want to do a call for this. But when our brains are in that kicking and screaming mode all of the systems just about not quite all but almost all of the systems that we require in order to be able to see opportunities different outcomes uh, mm -hmm. possibilities everything that we need in order to see possibilities gets shut down and the moment we step into the singing and dancing all of a sudden our brain can allow us to perceive because it's not in you know, it's not in that stress mode anymore. It's not caught up in that. It's not one. It's like, yeah, because like people with the, with the dress thing, white, gold, blue, yeah. black. Oh. I've wondered, like, okay, how many people are really trying to even see it differently? I actually showed it to Russ last night. He hadn't seen it before, and I said, "What color is this dress?" And he said, "It's black and blue." Okay, I see white and gold, and <laughs> and I told him some people think it's white and gold, and he thought they were crazy. And and I was looking at it with him. I was like, how does he see black and gold? Like I was, or black and blue. I was trying to see it his way. And yeah. and you guys, once I did get a glimpse of it. I did once glimpse. It was just a quick flash on the TV screen. Maybe that was the difference. It wasn't on the computer. But I was like, oh my god, it is. It's blue and black. Can I? But can I ask a question about that dress? I'm sorry. Well, this I is wanna, Patrice. But thanks, Patrice. I want to actually finish this with Janet okay. first because I think she's got some insight on. And Janet, you're probably right. We need to do a separate call on this because what I was thinking is that yeah. we don't have a hope or a prayer if we're not even trying, right? Like if we don't even recognize there is yeah. a different way to experience this or to approach it. And if, I if think I'm, that's the key. Yeah, it's like when we're kicking and screaming, we're seeing a really narrow perspective of there's something wrong here and who, who is to blame. It's, there's yes, often yes. a sense of someone else is at fault here and rejection of any sense of our own responsibility or power and the moment we go what if what would it take for me and I think that's the, I think that's the interesting question what would it take for me to do this singing and dancing and that asking that question immediately flips our brain into a different state of being where suddenly it's seeking 
perspectives. It's looking for a way to see the white and gold rather than the blue and black. It's looking for, and once once we, it's like getting the end of a piece of yarn and then we can follow it out of the maze and we can suddenly see a lot of different perspectives. But yeah, I, oh, this is going to be fun. <laughs> this is going to be fun. I, I really like the quote you shared in chat room too from Communion of Light, give up early and give up often. That yeah. is, a, I think, a helpful thing for us. That could go right side by side with how can I do this singing and dancing instead of kicking and screaming. Mm. Um, Patrice, what were you, were you chiming in with? Well, my daughter pointed out something. She said if you look at the dress from a different angle is when the color changes. If you if you tilt your screen up and look up at the dress, it's a different mm. color. And if you look straight on at it, it's the golden white. So it's actually well, the angle that you're looking at the dress. Patrice, I think that it's is also a perfect like, metaphor for whatever we're look whatever is happening in our life. If I could get a different angle on it, if I could. In mm-hmm. fact, I remember I had that assistant who would literally she learned it in like EST, I think. EST, like she'd step left, like literally we'd be talking and she'd be a little uncomfortable, and I'd see her literally take a step to the left. And for a while, <laughs> I didn't know what that was until I understood what she exit she was like, stage left. <laughs> yeah, like get a different angle on it. Um, yeah, and, and I think that's why so often spiritual teachers invite us to consider whatever challenging situation we're in from the other person's perspective because it's one of those ways to get a different angle on it. Right, Patrice? Mm-hmm. Thank you. Oh, I, my I, God. I, I just looked at the dress and I changed my angle and totally. It's yeah. black, totally. You <laughs> just changed the angle mm-hmm. of your screen. That's, yeah, thank you for that. That's a Sudbury <laughs> Valley kid for you. <laughs> wow. They're open at the top. Nancy, you said some interesting things in chat room. Would this be a good place to to share those thoughts? Yeah, I was just wholeheartedly agreeing with what J- uh, Janet was saying. Yes, when we're not in a heart-coherent state, our brain's resources are completely offline to us. It's not that they're not there. They're still there. We just can't access them and, you know, use them to our uh, ability. And what I also said was that uh, A Course in Miracles has a saying they invite us to say, I am willing to see this situation differently. So we're not saying, I know the solution, or I've got the right. solution, or I'm living the solution, but I am willing to see this situation differently. And they also have a thing where you basically give it up to God. You say, uh, God, take my thoughts and judge them for me and return to me thoughts of peace and harmony or you know, a prosperity, abundance, whatever it is that you're, whatever thoughts that you're looking to experience, you know. Mm-hmm. Take these mm-hmm. thoughts, judge them for me, and return to me thoughts of peace and harmony. Okay. And, so, um, oh, go ahead. Yeah. So anyway, just by doing that, you're just opening the door. You're saying, I'm giving up. I don't know. I'm letting go. I'm going to relax. I'm going to step back, and okay. I'm going to let things come together. That's a perfect lead into one of the questions I had because I thought about, okay, so if I didn't fight anything, and I have practiced this before. I have intimate experience with this. One of those blog post links I shared in the forum was my breakup in the vortex. This was my first breakup with Russ, not my second one. The one that he initiated where I just I just decided I'm not going to fight anything. I'm not going to fight anything. If I refuse to give him anything to push against, then this will be a perfect unfolding for us to go our separate ways. So I didn't. I didn't fight him on anything. I said yes to everything. And as a result, I, I, I mean, I we didn't break up. Spoiler alert. No. <laughs> or we did we did break up, but I don't I I I still consider him an ex-boyfriend even though I often call my boyfriend. But um 
okay, so I can practice this. My point being, I have experience with this, and yet I know part of my resistance, <laughs> part of my resistance to saying yes to everything that life might put in front of me is that I don't necessarily, I don't want to become a doormat, right? Like, I don't necessarily want to embrace everything that comes my way. Like, hey, I got propositioned recently, and um, you know what? I did not want to go out with that guy. Then there's a perfect example of I can't just go around saying yes to whatever life delivers me because some of these things I know I don't want. So I thought it isn't just that I'm saying yes to what life puts in front of me, although I might have to think about that on the things where Seth's post specifically talks about the things where it seems like we don't have control, the the things that seem like it wasn't fair. Um, I, I, the things that, okay, another example. I was having lunch with our Yes Panel experts because I was talking with a couple of other coaches who were sharing. They've also made a commitment to saying yes to life. And after lunch, we 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 were going in different directions. I was going in one direction. I smelled cookies. It smelled really good. I turned to see if I could tell where they were coming from. I spotted a bakery. And I thought, hmm, you got dogs sitting in the car. You just had a two-hour lunch. Should you really? But I said yes. And I went to the bakery, and I bought um, – I bought two eclairs, and these were not small eclairs. They were they were they were healthy sized eclairs. And I came home and I ate mine, and um, I did not feel well the rest of the night. <laughs> it's like really, I said yes. You know the things calling me the bakery. Ooh, smells so good. I said yes, and uh, regretted it. <laughs> so, what did you say I, when you were eating them, though? That's a good question, Patrice. Um, I said, mmm. Okay, I said, mmm, for like But the when first you went time. to eat it, were you thinking, yes, or were you thinking, I shouldn't do this? No, I was. I, when I started eating it, I was like, so tasty. I was like, ooh, I like how they put chocolate chips in the frosting on the top. And I was like, ooh, look how big these, these things are big. Is it just me, or is this a really big eclair? I said that, and I was like, mmm, through most of it. But then there got to be a couple, like halfway through, I was like, uh, Joe, do you want a bite? <laughs> <laughs> and I gave Sadie a bite too, and um, I maybe I should have recognized there was a part of me calling me to put the eclair down. I don't know, I don't know, but that seems like a silly example. But I know that that sometimes people feel like no, if I'm not paying attention, if I'm not being discerning, if I'm not using really deliberate yeses and nos, maybe what it is is we're just saying yes to our own heart's desire rather than what life puts in front of us. But then. My lawsuit comes up, which seems like another example, this three-year-old lawsuit that uh, is, it feels like a really good opportunity for me to practice singing and dancing instead of kicking and screaming. So, yeah. You know, Jeanette, I, and about your lawsuit thing, remember last year when I had that thing where I found out that my real estate agent had screwed yes. me over and I had to go to the district attorneys to deal with it? So I, in a way, that's kind of a good example where, okay, Wait, did you yes, have to go? Did you have to go to the district attorney to deal with it? Okay, uh, okay here were my options. Um, pay bills that I had already paid for multiple times. Yep. Pay them again. Mm-hmm. That, that was one option. Didn't feel good to me. I could have said yes to that. Like, mm-hmm. let this be over. I'll just pay all these. No, I didn't. Um, it, because that didn't feel good to me. Integrity uh, what, wasn't present. On what that, what felt like, good to me was being vindicated. Okay, so here was the key for me. Every time I sat down to write, I had to write out like a pretty long four or five page letter to the district attorney's office explaining 
the history and what happened and the outcome that I wanted, right? But every time I went to sit that down, sit down to write that, I got so mad. I was so pissed off. I couldn't believe that this person who I thought was, you know, really somebody I would be friends with the rest of my life. Mm. I I couldn't believe that this person had um, abused our my trust. Mm-hmm. And I would get so angry, I'd start crying. Mm-hmm. And so then I couldn't do what I needed to do. Which was, So when you look at it from, say, yes to life, you would have looked at that and said, oh, Nancy, just pay the bill and be done with it, right? But it that did not feel good. Agreed. Do. Okay. Because so, someone would have been asking you to say yes to, I have to pay these bills twice because someone took advantage of me. Or exactly. Maybe there's a different way to word that if we got a different angle on it. But I totally get, Nancy, how that option didn't feel fabulous. So see where where this is kind of an interesting example to look, and especially how it actually ended up working out. What what ended up working out was I did the emotional work. I went in and I found out what my emotional trigger was that had me crying every time I wanted to sit down and write this letter to the district attorney's office. And... um, it went back to your childhood, right? It went back to my childhood. Oh. What I did was I got into that. I, I went into my body and I felt the feeling fully. And then I asked myself, when was the first time I felt this? And it immediately took back myself back to childhood and not feeling heard and not feeling vindicated. Okay? So when I recognized that, I then, you know, was able to see that, oh, my God, this woman, this woman who abused my trust in a way has done a favor for me by by bringing this situation into being by taking advantage of me and me being in the position of having to go to the district attorney's office i'm now having a chance to heal this wound from childhood which i would not have an opportunity to heal if she hadn't been so kind as to be a horrible person <laughs> and when i yeah, that's an see example how, of getting a different angle. Like that's yeah. pretty impressive. And yeah, once I was able to to do that, I literally, honestly, was able to get to a place of appreciation for her for being willing to be the bad guy. You know how we, they talk about how Hitler was really, you know, he he was willing to come into this lifetime and be the bad guy, and and that's you know not an easy thing to do. Not that we're not in any way. Uh, advocating for his behavior but the point is is that somebody's got to be the bad guy and it's not always a fun role to play but mm-hmm. she was willing to be the bad guy in my life and in doing so That's was helping me heal some childhood wounds and, and I, 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 oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah who was going to say something it's janet um i was just thinking nancy that at some point i've no doubt and it might already you might already be there or it might still be too raw to to kind of this might be a stretch, but at some point there will also be that sense, that perspective, because the perspectives change, they keep on changing when we allow them to. And I was just thinking from one, from another perspective, you were ready to heal that wound. So you, you energetically, you, you allowed, or you actually co-created the situation. I agree. Uh, uh, so there is that sense of because I think one of the one of the, the reasons that we kick and scream is that sense of powerlessness that says this is someone else's fault. They did the dirty on me. He he done me wrong. Mm-hmm. And the moment that we can find because it, it's not an easy thing to do. Seth's right, and it requires 
I think it requires, certainly in situations like Nancy's or, the, or your lawsuit, Jeanette, it requires a sort of step-by-stepping towards it. I don't think we, well, I don't know, maybe this is a limiting belief, but it's hard to do it in, a, in, a, in, a, in an instant. So, I agree. I agree. To, it, I agree. It, it really, when I say, I'm speaking this quickly because we're on a call, but it took yeah. me several weeks to go yeah. from multiple times of trying to sit down and writing this and, and bursting into tears and being a complete yeah. mess, you know, yeah. to eventually, okay, I know, I know that this is more than the situation. I know this is not about yeah. her. I know this yeah. is about me. <laughs> Please help me figure out what the hell it is about me. Yes. <laughs> Please help me figure that out. Two, okay, all right, now I get it. I feel this feeling. Oh, okay, when did I first feel this? Yes, I yeah. know. Now it makes sense. And, and oh, then okay. you wrote your letter. And then I was able to yeah. sit down, write my letter. And when I wrote my letter, I wrote it as clearly and non-emotionally as oh. I could. Because before I had a lot of four-letter words. And <laughs> I think that's the spotlighting. So many emails like that. <laughs> I think that's worth spotlighting, Nancy, that you still wrote the letter. And some people might think, well, she didn't say yes if she's still pushing against it. But it wasn't a, like I can tell the way you described the process. You got in the flow here. Yeah, what I did what was what I, once I saw the beauty, kind of the, the the magic of what was happening here and how this was my opportunity to stand up and be heard and be vindicated, mm. I was going through that flow. So then I wrote, the, I wrote the thing and I put it all together and I felt great. Oh, my God, I felt so great writing it out. I felt great printing it out, signing it, sending it, putting it in an envelope, going to the post office, getting it off to the um, – and then from that point on, I every time I thought about the situation, I blessed her. Mm. I blessed every party involved. I thanked them for helping me. Okay? So I was acknowledging their role and blessing them and thanking them for helping me stand up and be vindicated and heard. And then I, like, prepaved receiving notices from the district attorney's office that everything was taken care of. And that is exactly what happened. And in fact, additional bills got paid, things that I didn't even know that she had double billed me for got paid and I got refunded. So, wow. Okay. I I know you've told that story before, Nancy, but I, I, I forget how, I just forget the power of that one. And as you and Janet were talking, you guys, I was just in a, it was ripples and ripples and ripples of goosebumps over and over and over. Like, I seriously had to wonder, am I sitting by an open window? Because this is crazy. (laughs) But it was really Mm -hmm. ringing my bells what you guys were sharing. Nancy, I just want to reiterate for anyone who's like, okay, how did she do that again? So you felt the feelings and you asked yourself, when did I first feel this way? And that was pretty much it. You didn't have to like do any more untying of the knot rather than to be present and aware of it. Once I was really in the feeling, and I had to put my hand on my heart. I literally went into my closet where there was no light on, so I was kind of in light deprivation in a way. I mean, so I was really focusing on my feeling and no distractions, nothing else around me. And and you have to realize this was this was after weeks and weeks of mm-hmm. crying and struggling and fighting. So I had already gone through the struggle part, and I was ready to find a resolution put my hand on my heart, I closed my eyes, and I felt the feeling. I felt myself 
angry and hurt and crying. I, I just felt it. And then I asked myself, when was the first time I felt this feeling? And it immediately brought me back to a childhood experience where I did not feel heard or vindicated. I felt that I was wrongly um, being held responsible. And for people who aren't familiar with the story, I sold my house in the fall of 2013. I paid my real estate agent a percentage, like 2% of the sale of the house, to pay for all the work that was going to be done to fix up the house um, to get it for sale. And so the agent took my money and only spent a small fraction, like 30% of the money that she took from me. And then two months after the house had sold, I had vendors, mad mm -hmm. vendors, contacting me saying, you owe us money. You haven't paid us. And it's like, wait, I gave the money to the real estate agent. You, you should have been paid two months ago when the house closed. No, you haven't paid it. You have to pay up now. And I didn't have, you know, I had angry vendors that were like, do it now. And I kept telling them, no, it's the agent. We've talked to your agent. She said it's your responsibility. So, you know, I was feeling wrongly accused by the vendors. And knowing that I had done my part and had done the right thing on my side, and yet I was being held responsible for something that was totally unfair. Yeah. It was totally unfair. Not right. Do you see the connection, Jeanette, between what you're yeah. going through and what I'm going 100%, through? 100%. Okay. So, so when I was able to connect, the moment that I was able to connect and recognize, oh, yes, this is not about me, and in fact, I can see the connection to my childhood and feel, needing to feel vindicated and heard, oh, from that, it, with that realization, I have to tell you, it was such a relief of, it, such a sense of relief and also a humbling. It, I felt humbled that, wow, in a way, this woman is helping me because she's forcing me to stand up and be heard. So that's why I knew I had to follow through with writing the letter because it was about being heard and vindicated. And so I realized, okay, well, I have to do my part, and my part is, you know, being calm and writing that letter and getting it off as soon as possible to the district attorney's well, office. I yeah. think I think this is a beautiful example of how to get ourselves unstuck on something that's got us stuck. And you guys, for some of us, let's face it, we've been stuck on some things for a long time. So um, I think this can apply to many of us, even those of us who are savvy creators. Janet, you had you were going to share something. Yeah, I was thinking about how this plays out. Um, I'm conscious of some stuff going on in the news at the moment, and that you know that sense of because at the end of the day, where we feel resistance seems to somehow relate to that sense of powerlessness. Things I have no control over scare me, so therefore I will go kicking and screaming. You know, it's that Dylan Thomas thing: "Do not go gentle into that good night." Um, and I was thinking about how it plays out on the world stage and I was remembering back to a particular incident uh, some time ago which was a, 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 high, a, a primary school, you know, elementary school shooting. And at the time there was a lot of, there was so much angst on the internet, so much pain and trauma going on. And there was a wonderful quote that I found really helpful and that was a quote from Julia Rogers Hamrick. She said, it's human nature to react in horror, anger and despair to traumatic events. 
It's our divine nature to respond with peace, calm and love. Own them both and then choose which one you will empower. And I Janet, what? I'd like Sorry. you to read it again. That was really good. Okay. Can you read it one more time? I will. It's human nature to react in horror, anger and despair to, ta- to traumatic events. It's our divine nature to respond with peace, calm and love. Own them both and then choose which one you will empower. And I think for me the key in that is that sense of it's not about saying we shouldn't experience the horror, anger and despair Mm -hmm. when these very big traumatic events happen, whether it's to us personally or to somebody on the other side of the planet that we have no personal connection to. But once we've honored that feeling and Nancy's talking about how she felt the feeling that's Mm -hmm. that's what she was doing there she was owning it and saying this is my feeling this is not somebody else imposing this feeling on me this is my feeling and now I get to feel it decide and then you know decide what to do with it which in her case was going back and doing that work and then owning the so she's owning both those possibilities and And then then she's choosing Mm-hmm. And then she's free to choose to empower the peace, calm, and love. Because obviously, if any deliberate creator reading this or listening to that quote is going to go, well, I know which one I want to empower. I don't want to stay stuck in horror, anger, and despair. That's mm-hmm. resistance big time. Um, and I, I find that really helpful now whenever I see the, you know, the big, hairy, scary headlines because those can trigger those that feeling for me certainly of of powerlessness that means resistance that means you know because i can't tell you i cannot tell you i wish i had a dollar for every single post i've put on facebook and then deleted before i've hit the post button <laughs> that's been oh my god it's all you know isn't this awful look what's happening he's a bastard <laughs> you know the sort <laughs> you know um, i Janet, thank you for sharing this because I was thinking it was important for this subject that, and I wanted to be on the record, I'm not saying that we never respond to contrast as though it were contrast because that is part of our plan. Contrast is a good thing. It fuels the system and we're not going to pretend it doesn't exist, but we just aren't going to get hung up on it. And what I'm hearing you guys say is that what, what, where we get part of our liberation process, part of freeing our leaf from that stick is to let ourselves feel how we feel, and to do that really profoundly, that's what gives us the option to choose something different to get back in flow. And even Drew made that same similar point when he was talking about letting go, that, you you know, you got to feel it. And there there is a resistance among LOA people that, oh, that's bad, don't feel it. I know. Mm -hmm. Well, here's a good example. You guys remember when Elvis was sick and... um, and and finally, he was so sick. Finally, one day I realized he might be on his way out this very day. And I remembered how whenever things seem really, really, really bad, that just means something really, really, really good is getting created or birthed. And all I have to do is turn my attention to that in order to let life get even better than it was before. But but for, for several days, I was just like, I'm not going to even entertain the thought that something's wrong with it. I said to him, just so you know, buddy, we're living happily ever after. Like, I wasn't entertaining it any other way. But then it was like the evidence is like, this guy, I've seen I've seen a lot of animals pass, and this looked like that's exactly what's happening here. And I just said, really, universe? You think you could do better than Elvis? I'd like to see that. And And I actually meant it. Like, I felt peace with his passing. I knew, universe, this is how the system works. As long as I don't resist this, it can only get better. 
and I, and I got on board with it. And I swear to God, that's when he did a turnaround with his health. And his belly fur has almost grown back from where they shaved it for his ultrasound. And he's his normal, stubborn, fabulous self. Um, but that was, that was one of those examples where uh, letting yourself – okay, can I go back to what Carrie said on – Nancy, you were on the call, right? When I, I shared that Seth post, and Carrie said, but – I'm not exactly sure how she said it, but she, it seemed like what I heard was, isn't that the opposite of what a conscious creator does? Because we don't have to agree with the reality we don't want. And that's so much of what Abraham says. In fact, I shared some recent Abraham quotes where they were saying, never um, – like – if it isn't what you want, then don't just don't go with it, right? Like, I don't, I don't have an exact quote on the tip of yeah, my tongue. Yeah, they always, always said something like, if, if reality is not what you want, do not accept reality. Yes, yeah. they've always said that, yeah. And, and I was on a call when Carrie, I, there were, we were discussing something, and she said, well, that doesn't sound very deliberate creator-like to me, but I felt there was a nuance. Like, I felt like... We were saying the same thing, but in different ways, and she was not, she was like that dress. She was perceiving it one way, and I was perceiving it another, but basically it was still the same dress. And, <laughs> and so I, you know, I thought that there, what she was trying to say was, you know, isn't our job as quickly as possible to get to the better feeling thought? And I think one of the ways to get there quickly is to feel what you're already feeling and not deny and not make yourself wrong for feeling what you're feeling. Janet actually said that very thing in chat room. Janet, you want to get that on the recording before you hang up today? Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of feeling the feelings because I think that anything else is resistance. So feeling the feelings is an expression of yes. Uh, and I, I have a little story about this that I, it's sort of similar to Jeanette's story with Elvis where there was a situation that held so much I just did not want it uh, and this was after this is before I knew about LOA um, I had auditioned I'd gone through the audition process for for the movie Babe and I was absolutely convinced that I wasn't going to get it a, get a look in uh, absolutely convinced and we we'd been flying to Sydney and we were in our hotel room and I can remember lying there my husband had auditioned as well he was asleep I'm lying there in bed and I cried myself to sleep because I finally went this is what it will feel like when they tell me I haven't got a job. And I might as well get that over and done with now rather than kind of pretending. I didn't want anyone else to see it. I waited until there was nobody else around because I didn't want to have the conversation. But it was basically that sense of going, this is what the grief will feel like, what the irritation and grief and all that stuff, that failure, the rejection, that's what it will feel like. And we went in the next morning... Um, we flew home the next morning and two days later I got the call to say you and your husband have both got jobs and it felt completely right. It was like by feeling the feelings I had allowed them to go, I'd allowed them to pass, I wasn't resisting them anymore so they went away and the, yeah the following day I flew home and it was like I felt quite calm because I think I had accepted the possibility that I might not get this job that I really, really wanted, and it was okay. I had like, found yeah, a way you to go singing. Resisting it anymore? Yeah, exactly. I'd got, I'd found a way to go, not exactly singing and dancing, but to at least accept the fact that okay, didn't get that job. I wonder what's next. And from that I, sense of yes to that possibility, so I wasn't saying yes. I wasn't setting out an, a sort of rule about what it would take for me to be happy. I was saying, I've had the feelings. I've let them go. 
if it doesn't work out, I'm going to be happy anyway, so let's just get on with things. And, you know, the rest is history. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. Well, okay, I like how you said, and I know you've got to go. Janet's got a radio show she's got to go be on, but I am looking forward to your brain science call on this, Janet. But I like how you said that even if we can't go dancing and singing, maybe at a minimum, if we could just find a way for it to not maybe, if we could just get to neutral, like let it not bother us or get okay with it or accept it, even if we're not totally celebrating or embracing it, that that feels like it's it allows yeah. some magical transformation in what we've been experiencing. Thanks for that, Jen. And the, the 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 phrase that I'm using for myself lately that I've been using really successfully is dynamic inner peace, a sense of a kind of proactive peace rather than peace as the absence of stress, which mm-hmm. is how we sort of the the mainstream way of looking at it, of looking at peace as an active, dynamic. Cool. <laughs> and uh, and if I can get to that, then that that on its own opens up all kinds of other possibilities, and then I can step into singing and dancing. You know, love, love. Uh, wow. Okay, you mm, guys are really smart. Thank I'm so you. glad you guys dialed in. Nancy, <laughs> I like what you're saying in chat room. You said by feeling the fear, it loses its power over us. That seems kind of paradoxical, doesn't it? And I think a lot of uh, conscious creators are are unknowingly in a state of resistance. Because we think it's what us, it's what conscious creation is. We don't focus on what we don't want. I don't want to feel bad, so why would I let myself feel bad? That, would you agree that that's? Or I don't want to. I don't want this, you know, negative thing to come to fruition. So why would I let myself think that thought? Right, right. And and it, what's the distinction is is that when we're resisting it, we're actually we're actually in that energy longer than if we allow ourselves to just feel it. Yep be with it, and integrate it and process it. There's a book called um, Fear and Art that I read um, back in the 1990s, and it really talked about how a lot of creative people, you know, fear is a big part of how they function and how they create their art or what stops them from creating their art. For some people, that fear, they are able to transmute into fuel, and that for others, the fear blocks them and they never go anywhere because the the fear has blocked them. But I think the the trick to kind of transmuting that fear is letting yourself feel the fear, the anger, feel those emotions, express them, cry, you know, scream, whatever it is that you need to do to just, you know, be in that emotion and feel it, and then let it go. And it's a lot easier to let go once you've felt it, you know. I I I feel like we're getting a really good handle on 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 a practical way of bringing this to our everyday real lives Nancy so I appreciate this. How would you suggest that a person recognize when they're in resistance? Like what would tip us off? <laughs> I'm getting some of the cues that have been around for next to ever like the ones uh, I'd like to catch it sooner than later. I I feel like the answer to that is we just need to become sensitive to how we're feeling and, and recognize those lower vibrating energies sooner rather than later before they grow into massive proportions that are manifesting in headaches and stomach aches and such. Exactly. And the new tool that the newest tool that I can share with people I had posted in the Anything Goes forum um, under, you know, do you honestly want to know your vibration? It's that It's that self-test you can take anytime, you know, you can take it once a day for 30 days, and it it tracks the ratio between your positive and your negative thoughts. But what's interesting is it doesn't really matter what your score is. 
I mean, the, the woman thinks it matters. The woman who did the test thinks it matters. But from my perspective as a deliberate creator, the benefit of this test is it begins to make you more consciously aware of, well, okay, let's see today. Yeah, today I was angry. Yeah, today I did mm -hmm. feel this. I, I felt this shame. Okay, so I have to track that. It makes you more aware of your emotions so that the next day when you're about to go into a downward spiral, you become aware of it and you're like, oh, hey, there it is. I well, agree. You know, and so you don't spend as much time in it because you acknowledge, you know, you become more well, consciously aware of it. That's the key to this, isn't it? When we, when we have a higher level of awareness to what we're vibrating, which is what we're what we're feeling, what our emotions are. That's you know the measure of what our vibration is. When we get more sensitive to that, we have an enormous advantage in practicing all of these manifesting skills the way that we've been learning them over time. So. Okay, so if I so if I just was paying better attention to how I feel, and Nancy, I'm almost thinking it might be worth doing, even if it's just a 15-minute call. I I talk to people so many times about feel the feelings, and for I got an email from someone yesterday. I have no idea what that means. Uh, I think it might be worth having just a really short call on that because I don't think it's a complicated process, and I know there are different um, oh, approaches that teachers guide their, their students to engaging in order to practice it. But, but I think that's really the heart of it because from that place, we're no longer in engaging law of attraction because when we're resisting something, law of attraction is just going to bring more of that. So when we allow ourselves to feel whatever we've been resisting, and just like Abraham says, it's, it's not the thing you want it's the feeling you think is going to be associated with it i believe it's not the circumstances we're resisting it's the feelings that are associated with it so if we yes. just let ourselves own yeah. those then we are in a free place <laughs> we're in a free yes. place to choose yes and you know what jeanette we're going to have a call on monday next week for the amaze yourself series where we're going to be talking about feeling the feelings oh such a timing gosh don't you just love how it all works out exactly <laughs> working out beautifully i have a question aren't our feelings um a point of what we're focusing on aren't they a product of that and Abraham says, you can't say no. You can only say yes. There is no no to the universe. Everything you're focusing on is your yes. And if you're focusing on something that's giving you a specific feeling, you're, of course, going to keep getting that feeling. That's your yes. I I agree that our feelings are a result of our focus. And um, and I like what you're saying, Patrice, that, that sounds like I've heard this before from Abraham, that there's no such thing as a no. So even though I think I might be saying no to feeling angry what i i don't i actually i can't finish that thought because i'm not sure it's going to make any sense but there's always something on the other side of it that i am saying yes to i don't know if that actually well by saying no you're keeping yourself focused on what that thing is that's giving you the corresponding feeling so there is no knowing oh, yes so there's, saying, there's focus and result you know and we we translate that consciously into yes and no but there is no yes and no there's focus and result focus and result and what we're focusing on results in our feeling good or bad and we need to why i think we need to widen our camera lens and know that everything already exists and it's what we choose to see or not to see but um i wanted to share an experience on yes were we talking about yes in this call i can't remember i was reading all the calls and i can't remember which call i was on 
We've got a couple, actually. Uh, that's our theme this month. So, yes, let's hear what your story is. Well, I um, I heard about yes a while ago. I can't remember the exact date, but, you know, the whole thing of saying yes. And I started waking up because I never really need a lot of sleep. But when I woke up, I'd be like, oh, God, another day, you know, got to do this, got to do that. And I just, you know what, I think it was one of the Judds said, had cancer and she said she used to get up in the morning and say oh god i got to do this and that and she started getting up and saying oh yeah after she had her treatment and she lived she's like yes i get to do this i get to do that so i started getting up in the morning going yes 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 you know and just saying yes to life from the minute i get up and i think that what abraham talks about the downstream abraham also talks about our momentum and if we're going down this even if we're going downstream if we're going so fast Everything passes us by, and I think being able to stay in the present moment, choose what we want, say yes to what we want, and take life a little bit slower. We're in such a hurry, it seems. You know, everybody wants to have this, wants to have that. I mean, look at all the debt people have. You know, everybody wants instant gratification. I want this, I want that. We need to slow down, back up, and just, you know, get back to one day at a time, one step at a time. and. Well, I like yes as we're going. <laughs> your suggestion to say yes in the places where it might not seem logical to say yes to, like chemo treatments, like um, burying a loved one, like big fat debt. I kind of <laughs> like the idea of saying yes to the to whatever we might be judging or thinking of as. as it's like um, it's I think this this feels like Mother Teresa's quote. It's not that. We don't have to be against something in order to be for something else. And if we just are putting our attention on what we're for, maybe that's how we can be in the perpetual yes. I, I don't know. I, I don't want to say perpetual and because we know contrast is an important part of this. That's not something we would really truly wish out of our lives. I'm just interested in that we don't get hung up on it, that whatever right. it is isn't something we're still beating the drum of three years later when – you know, that's that's what's holding up our progress, our evolution of the good life. Right. And well I think a big issue too is is looking at from raising kids and seeing you know, what other parents do, there's so many there's such a push to, to do better than someone else, to be like someone else, to have what someone else has. And like you, everybody knows my kids went to Fairhaven, a Sudbury Valley model school, and everybody was independent. Everybody was individual. Nobody wanted to be like anybody else. Nobody wanted to have what anybody else had. There was no competition, you know? And I think that's a big part, too, that we throw into the mix. It's like, look what they have. I don't have that. And, you know, blah, blah. And we're, we're distracting ourselves by looking out at other people instead of looking into ourselves and saying, you know, what's my yes? Hmm, I like that. Thanks for that, Patrice. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're about to the top of the hour, so does anyone else have any thoughts or questions or stories to share on this subject? I'm just curious, Jeanette, because you know you're you coach a lot of people. What is the number one thing you would say to somebody who is you know saying the situation you're in with with mm-hmm. the lawsuit and they're just really kinked? 
about the subject. Mm-hmm. And they know law of attraction. I'll tell you what. They're LOA savvy, but they just cannot <laughs> get to that positive place. What recommendation would you say? I lived this recommendation the other day. I recognized I was stuck. I recognized I was not able to serve myself, that I was not able to get a different angle on this. I could feel my stuckness and my resistance. And um, I reached out to a fellow coach on Facebook, Michelle Woodward. I said, um, I need a voice of reason. <laughs> if you're, I'd like to engage you for a session if you're free. She said, how about now? I said, fabulous. Even though there were, I said, as long as you don't mind me crying, because I had a lot of tears around this. Those of you who were on our Friday call will understand how emotional this topic has been for me. And, um, and uh, you know, talking with Michelle was kind of like a lot of what happened for me when I was talking with Drew. Like, I, I, um, it, was the, it was participating in a conversation that helped me be able to see white and gold instead of blue and black. You know, like, I, I, could, mm-hmm. I, didn't get, I wasn't getting there on my own. I, re, I did what coaches tell all their clients to do, reach out for help. So that was my first, that would be my first tip to anyone who's feeling like um, you're not making progress on your own. Plug into someone who you feel inspired to reach out to support for. Because I think we do way too much on our own or we try Mm -hmm. to when there's good help out there. Nancy, you're a good example of that. You're doing it in our forums just about every day where you are um, helping us see what we wouldn't see otherwise. And I think being, being plugged into a community that practices that and people that help each other do it makes it easier for us to practice on our own. But when you get stuck, and Lord knows I was, uh, I don't think we want to struggle with it on our own. Make it easy and uh, reach out to someone who can help you out with it. And you might have to reach out to a couple someones before you get there. Because Michelle wasn't the first person I reached out to, but she was the first person who was available. <laughs> you could do your prey rain journaling, too. <laughs> you know, I, um, I, 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 my tools weren't working for me. We'll, I'll say that. My tools weren't working, but... And I, I, and I think that's an important point. I mean, when you're really, really, really that stuck, all of these processes that we all know and we all have practiced and we all love and we all appreciate, they won't work for you if you're not in a vibrational place mm-hmm. for them to work for you. Well, I was and a lot like Russ. Yeah. I didn't even want to see the white gold dress. It was blue and black. End of story. Cut and dried. <laughs> no need to... Like, I wasn't even... I wasn't that's how that's how much the tools couldn't serve me. I wasn't even in an open place. Thank God I was open enough to reach out to someone, but hmm. good question, Nancy, but I suspect there are other there's probably an answer beyond that as well. Um I wanna... I suspect I suspect there's a different answer for every human being on the planet. You're right. You're right. <laughs> but I just thought it would be great for the call for people to hear, you know, your number one tip. And that was great. What would yours be, Nancy? Uh, I think I think yours was awesome because I think in a lot of a lot of for a lot of people, you really do need another somebody else to help you. You need that ladder to get out of the ditch before <laughs> before you can really begin to see things. Um, I know that what worked for me was really feeling that feeling and tracing it back to understand the root of it and re- and really being able to see, yeah, this person screwed me over, but it's not about them. It's not about them. It's about mm-hmm. me, and, and mm-hmm. I'm the one that has to do the work. And I think that's, you know, our world trains us to, you know, uh, us and them, uh, kind of, you know, they're wrong, 
they should be held responsible. Right. It's them. They're the problem. Our culture really enculturates us for that. But I've done enough of this work over the years to know, uh-uh, like, like Jeanette and Bashar oh. have said, mm-hmm. it is not, you know, the circumstance, it's the state of being, right? Circumstances do not matter, just the state of being matters. That's what I, the, the the post from Seth about singing and dancing instead of kicking and screaming, that's one that I keep coming back to ever since he published it. And um, and remembering that it doesn't matter what I do, it only matters how I feel. I am a, I'm a Libra son and we're a little known for wanting things to be fair. So <laughs> it's easy for me to get hung up on, yeah, but this isn't right. When I remember that, it's all me. This is all stemming from me. No one can do anything to me. This is my vibration. This is my party to play with. And Nancy, I I aspired to get to the place you did where you could see that person as a gift. I've had glimpses of it with this lawsuit, but it's not a place that I have a firm foundation in <laughs> yet. I got, yeah, I got to it when I got to my wound. So you see, when I was able to see where my wound was, I could see how I could have co-created this with this other person mm-hmm. in order for me to heal the wound. And when you realize, oh my gosh, this is an opportunity to, to heal a, a wound that really needs to be healed, you start to have, well, at least for me, I just had such, I was humbled. I felt such appreciation to be given the opportunity to deal with it. So, you know, that's, so anyway, that's what worked for me. I don't know whether it would work for other people. I, but I can feel the power in it, and I appreciate your sharing it because I think a lot of us will benefit from it. So, wow, this is cool. Right at the top of the hour. Um, I do look forward to circling back around with you guys in two weeks after we've had a chance to play with this some more. If you have any successes, any wins, any tips to share, we want to hear about them on our roundtable call. Or if questions come up, if you're like, well, you know what, where you missed was da 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 Let's cover that, too. Um, So, yeah, have fun playing with it. Feel free to post in the forums in the meantime. And thanks, everyone who contributed to this conversation. Really helpful for me, especially today. (laughs) Thank you, Jeanette. Mm. Thank you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.